Welcome to the Community HealthCast, a voice for a healthier future, specifically in Queens County. My name is Pamela Matsiers, and I've been a member of the board for about two years now. Some of you may know me from my work at the local Royal Bank. Our guest this time is Kelly Godi. Kelly, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Kelly is the health promotion specialist of the Nova Scotia Health Authority. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me on this podcast and kudos to you folks for uh, adapting to the pandemic and modifying your way of keeping in touch with the community. It's very good. Yes. Well, we're trying. Um, Kelly, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and about your role. Sure. Uh, I work for the Nova Scotia Health Authority in the Mental Health and Addictions Department, and I'm a health promoter. So what does that really mean? There's a lot of a lot of stuff to be said. So mainly I work uh, to promote mental wellness and to reduce or prevent the harms caused by substance use and gambling. And I also work with others like yourselves to create healthier communities. Oh, that is very good to know. Maybe you can start by explaining what vaping is. Sure. Uh, vaping is the act, basically, of inhaling and then exhaling an aerosol or a vapor, which is produced by heating a liquid uh, in an e-cigarette or a similar vaping device. Okay. And um, now I understand from the literature that vaping was initially designed to help people quit smoking. Um and so maybe you can expand a little bit on this. Like, I think the word smoking cessation is used. Uh, so, yeah, the first e-cigarette that was actually marketed, developed and marketed, was developed by a pharmacist in 2003. And he developed it as a quit smoking aid after he seen his father's struggle with tobacco addiction, nicotine addiction. And so for the first 10 to 15 years, that is how uh, it was used and promoted, basically, as a smoking cessation tool. And studies have found that they do work for smoking cessation. Not 100%, but smoking is one of those addictions that you, nothing really works 100%, but it did have some success. And uh, today, though, we're finding that there are many non-smokers using e-cigarettes, jewels, or vape pens. Uh, so they're not using it for smoking cessation reasons. Once we've seen that there were a number of uh, sales increased to non-smokers, that was sort of the first red flag. Uh, so people were using vaping devices not as originally intended. Uh, there was also a huge increase in youth use took off after 2015 or so. And uh, also recently in the last year, we've had a nice bit of media coverage on these lung injury cases or popcorn lung, some people call it. So those were all things that sort of led us to think that we might have a bit of an issue here when it comes to vaping. Uh, I guess one of my questions was, what are the health effects of prolonged vaping? And you just mentioned popcorn that the those cases of lung injury uh were fairly rare but they make good headlines made good news stories so they uh circulate it well 
We don't have a lot of long-term data about vaping. Like I said, it only started in 2003 uh, because it's fairly new. But we do know that the nicotine effects on the body, and especially in a developing brain such as the youth, uh, it can have negative impacts. And uh, some of the impacts are similar to smoking when you're vaping. So you can have uh, increased respiratory illnesses like COPD and things like that. Yeah. So what do we know about why it then became all of a sudden so attractive for especially uh, maybe youth but and others? Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. Um, we've been doing a little bit of uh, looking at this and thinking about it. So basically things really shifted in about 2015 when Juul came on uh, the market. So Juul was a new um, new type of vape machine, I guess, vape pen, but it was very techy looking and it was very discreet to use. And this was attractive to youth. And they also had a really targeted marketing campaign in the beginning that really targeted youth, the youth audience. So those are two things that sort of added to the attraction. And to just make that much more addictive and attractive, it's, it has a high addictive factor. So especially in Juul, one of those Juul pods can be up to two packs of cigarettes worth of nicotine in one pod. So the attractiveness of the marketing and the sleek look plus the highly addictive factor of the high nicotine content was a beautiful recipe <laughs> if you were a Juul maker. <laughs> And and the jewel makers were they related to the um, traditional um, um, nicotine industry, like the the cigarette industry, the tobacco industry? No, originally it was um, two guys from San Francisco, I believe, who worked in the tech industry and had uh, degrees in that field. And they were looking for something for themselves to quit smoking, something that was uh, a bit sleeker than what was on the market and a little bit easier to use. So that's the way they got created that. And once they had a nice product and they were doing well with sales, then Big Tobacco came in and bought out the company. So Juul is now part of the Big Tobacco. So if when we relay this to our Nova Scotia community and maybe specifically Queens. Do we have any information how the vaping is doing here? Yeah, uh, I have a colleague who always likes to say that Nova Scotia likes to punch beyond its weight when it comes to some things. And with vaping, we are in the same boat. Um, so we have the highest, some of the highest rates of vaping in the country. Uh, For example, 40% of youth in Nova Scotia have reported trying an e-cigarette or a vape pen, whereas in the rest of of Canada, it's only 32%. So the numbers were higher and the vaping was more prevalent here in Nova Scotia. What we were doing is trying to get information out. And I guess you could say that's one initiative that can be uh, undertaken to uh, maybe help reduce vaping or at least have clarity. Do you feel that there are more or other initiatives that are underway or that we could um, 
think about? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's podcasts like this are great. Uh, I did a presentation with you folks as well. We did a community one in Liverpool. Uh, there are a number or there were before the pandemic, a number of uh, education sessions going on and we were getting requests for them as well. Um, but another thing that has helped reduce vaping is uh, there's been better advertising controls. So the youth targeting has been removed and the government has put in some new legislation, which is very helpful. They've banned the flavors as of April 1st. And in September 1st, I believe it is, they're going to put a cap on the nicotine content. So you can't have any more than 20 milligrams per milliliter, which is good. And that is really, uh, in a way, encouraging to hear that um, that in that respect, there has been much faster action than, say, in the past with nicotine. That one moved really fast. Yeah, it was really good. And I think there was a lot of lessons we had learned from tobacco control on how to get things to move. So we used some of those. Is it too early to know if it's having any positive results or? It is a bit early, especially for the legislation. Um, but the evidence tells us that it will it will work. Um as for the media and the health and education pieces, I think they've had an impact. Uh, even before we all went into our pandemic lockdown, uh, schools were reporting that they had reduced numbers of students were vaping. So it seemed like it hit a peak and then it, it started to come down. So hopefully that trend has continued. <laughs> now that everybody's home. I remember that uh, we knew of grandparents who had purchased uh, these um, jewels for their grandchildren for Christmas because it was, uh, well, I mean, we indeed, none of us at the board had really ever heard of the word jewel. And it just looks like another little tech gadget that your kid, grandkid would ask for, right? Yes. But it is also important to know, to note that it's really not only used that's vaping. We know that, yeah. And and as we started out, it was a cessation. It's still used as that. And since there is some success with it, we shouldn't uh, totally knock it because it, it does help people. But uh, it's good to know what it really is all about. Now, um I remember, Kelly, that um, because before you came um, to this job in Nova Scotia, I believe you were in Ireland for a while. Is that, do I recall that correctly? And said that over there in a number of the European countries that vaping did not take off the way it did in North America. And do we know why that would be? Yeah, so the uh, European Union, when vaping started to, to make a splash after 2003, they uh, decided to go with regulation. So they put regulations in place fairly quickly, while Canada and the U.S. decided to ban it. 
So they put a ban on all sales in Canada and the U.S. And you can see how that worked out well for us. <laughs> our, our vaping took off. But in the EU, they've had some really good successes, uh, which makes us hopeful here for the new legislation. Uh, so vaping over there is still seen as smoking cessation. You can even buy vape pens in the hospitals, in some of the big hospitals, because they're prescribed by doctors to help you quit smoking. Uh, Juul didn't meet the regulations for the EU, so there's no jewels in uh, the EU, which was part of the youth. Attractiveness was the jewel, right? And so the youth haven't turned to vaping there like they did here. During your uh, tenure, you might have uh, encountered uh, interesting stories that you could share with us about vaping. There was one that I kept hearing uh, various versions of when I was going around doing some of this work. And that was how schools were really struggling to uh, to know what to do with all of these youth that were discreetly vaping in like, because they couldn't really tell who was uh, doing it or not. And uh, some of the schools had to take some pretty interesting <laughs> measures to try to, to control it. And some of them were pretty wild. Like one school, I think, took the doors off the bathroom stalls or you could only go to bathroom at a certain times. So there was a lot of things that were happening. What would you suggest that we can tell parents to be on the lookout for? Yeah, we were doing a really good job with youth tobacco. Canada and North, all of North America, our youth rates were going down and down, down, and then all of a sudden, woof, they shot back up again. Um, what people need to know in their communities, basically to help people feel more included in their communities. Um, those These things will work for any substance abuse or any... Uh, any vaping or anything you want to work with youth on, but you need to have supportive talks with youth. Let them know uh, that what they're vaping probably has nicotine in it and and the, how harmful that can be. And we know with youth that's not really going to get you real far, but you can also volunteer to run youth programs in your community if uh, youth need things to do outside of school. And oftentimes finding volunteers to run youth programming can be very difficult. Get involved. Um, find Help your community become more inclusive and supportive of youth. Often you hear, oh, youth today, these youth, you know. So try to be more supportive and uh, help them through any issues they're having because sometimes People have turned to uh, nicotine, especially for stress relief and anxiety relief. And we know anxiety is really high in youth today. So just let them know that that actually increases your anxiety, not decreases it. Um, so thank you to our listeners for taking the time to hear about vaping. For further information, please visit nofascotia.ca slash vaping or visit the Queens County Health Board Facebook page for list of resources. Our very dear Elizabeth has posted a lot of information for us to share with you, and we hope you will make good use of it. Thank you very much. Next week on the Community HealthCast, join host Rick Conrad and special guests Erica Kirk and Bryn Steele as they discuss resources for LGBTQ youth 
here in Queens County. Tune in and join the conversation.